Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Breaking news, Atlanta officer charged with felony murder and multiple charges of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. Tonight, the fired officer who shot and killed Rashad Brooks faces 11 charges, including one that could bring the death penalty. At the time Mr. Brooks was shot, he did not pose an immediate threat of death. The shocking image of what happened after Brooks was shot twice in the back. And now the other policeman who could testify against his fellow officer. Bolton bombshells. In his new book, the former national security advisor claims President Trump asked China's president to help him get reelected. Infections surging. COVID-19 is on the rise in 18 states. More than a dozen cases traced back to a Florida bar just hours after it opened. And remarkable images from Kentucky tonight. People waiting eight hours in an unemployment line. The Kobe Bryant crash, federal investigators with new information tonight about what may have caused the deadly helicopter accident. Quaker Oats tonight announces it'll drop the Aunt Jemima brand, vowing to fight racial stereotypes. And ahead of Father's Day, some heartwarming moments of fatherhood. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell. Reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us. We're going to begin with breaking news tonight. The Atlanta police officer who shot and killed Rashad Brooks Friday night has been charged with murder and aggravated assault, along with nine other charges. It was a dramatic press conference today and prosecutors used in large photos to lay out a very detailed case, saying the officer, Garrett Rolfe, shot Brooks in the back twice and then kicked him as he lay bleeding. They said the 27-year-old could be heard on video saying, I got him. Tonight, the other officer at the scene is now cooperating in the investigation and could testify against his fellow officer. 
The incident, which was caught on eight different cameras, started when police found Brooks, who had been drinking asleep in his car at a Wendy's drive-thru. Prosecutors say it ended 41 minutes later when police tried to cuff him without telling him he was under arrest. They struggled and Brooks grabbed one officer's taser. He was shot when he took off running. Investigators now say that taser was unable to fire because it had already been used twice. There's also breaking news out of the White House tonight, stunning new allegations that President Trump tried to get China's leader to help him win re-election. Now, the accusations come in excerpts uh, obtained by CBS News from a new book by John Bolton, the president's former national security advisor. So there's a lot of news to get to this evening, and our team of correspondents is covering it all. CBS's Mark Strassman is going to lead off our coverage tonight from Atlanta. Mark? Nora, Rolfe and Brosnan have until 6 p.m. tomorrow to turn themselves in. The DA said today that right after the shooting, Rolfe said, I got him. In less than a week, he's gone from a patrol officer to potentially spending the rest of his life behind bars. You certainly can't fire a gun, a handgun, at someone who is running away. Paul Howard, Fulton County's district attorney, will prosecute former police officer Garrett Rolfe with a mountain of evidence, eight videos of the shooting, 10 witnesses, and testimony against Rolfe from his partner that night, Officer Devin Brosnan. He would become one of the first police officers to actually indicate that he is willing to testify against someone in his own department. Also in the room, Tamika Miller, the widow of Rashad Brooks and mother of their four children. I'm not causing any problems. The night Brooks was killed, initially he was cordial with officers Rolf and Devin Brosnan. I had one drink. What kind of drink was it? A margarita. But after he failed a sobriety test, the officers moved to arrest him. Put your hands behind your butt. Hey, hey, stop fighting. Stop fighting. Stop fighting. Brooks wrestled away Brosnan's taser and ran. Rolf chased him. Brooks, running in the Wendy's parking lot, fired the taser wildly. Video shows Rolf firing three gunshots. As Brooks lay mortally wounded, Howard says Rolf kicked Brooks and Brosnan stood on his shoulder. After two minutes, Rolf began giving Brooks CPR. Mr. Brooks, keep breathing. The medical examiner ruled Brooks had two gunshot wounds in his back. Atlanta lit up in outrage. The Wendy's burned. Protesters squared off with riot police. Rolf was an Atlanta cop for almost seven years. He was involved in a 2016 shooting and received a written reprimand. Tamika Miller says Rolf destroyed her family. I don't know what I would have done if I would have seen that for myself, but I felt everything that he felt just by hearing what he went through. And it hurt. It hurt really bad. Late this afternoon, the lawyer for attorney uh, Devin Bro for Officer Devin Brosnan said his client is cooperating with the prosecutors, but he has not made the decision to testify against Rolfe. Nora? Mark Strassman, thank you. A new book by President Trump's former national security advisor paints a damning portrait of a president who puts his own interests ahead of the country's. The book by John Bolton is the first account from a high-level Trump White House insider. Bolton was paid $2 million to write the tell-all, which is more than 500 pages long. CBS's Ben Tracy is at the White House tonight. Ben? Nora, when John Bolton left the White House last September, he says he resigned. President Trump says he fired him, and the two have not spoken since. President Trump seemed to know this book would be bad for him, and it is. 
Former National Security Advisor John Bolton paints a picture of a highly uninformed and impulsive president. In excerpts of his book, The Room Where It Happened, obtained by CBS News, Bolton says President Trump did not know Britain was a nuclear power and asked if Finland was part of Russia. Bolton confirms President Trump explicitly linked military aid to Ukraine to investigations of former Vice President Joe Biden, the central claim that led to the president being impeached. China should start an investigation into the Bidens. Bolton claims Mr. Trump wanted China to go even further. In 2019, pleading with Chinese President Xi Jinping to help him win farm states in the 2020 election with increased Chinese purchases of soybeans and wheat. This book is full of classified information, uh, which is inexcusable. The Trump administration is suing Bolton personally in a last-minute attempt to stop the book from being released next week, claiming it still contains classified information despite a several-months-long government review. President Trump's view of what should be classified goes far beyond the actual standard. I will consider every conversation with me as president highly classified. In the book, published by Simon & Schuster, a division of Viacom CBS, Bolton alleges President Trump expressed a willingness to halt criminal investigations, to in effect give personal favors to dictators he liked, citing cases involving China and Turkey. Bolton writes, the pattern looked like obstruction of justice as a way of life. Bolton also says during the 2018 summit with Kim Jong-un, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo slipped him a note saying President Trump is so full of expletive, a pattern Bolton claims of administration officials regularly disparaging the president behind his back. The White House is pushing back tonight, saying that Bolton is undermining national security and trying to profit off of his time here at the White House. His book does now top Amazon's bestseller list. Nora. Ben Tracy at the White House, thank you. Tonight, Democrats are asking why Bolton didn't step forward before and testify when the stakes were highest during President Trump's impeachment inquiry and trial earlier this year. CBS's Nancy Cordes with reaction tonight from Capitol Hill. Democrats argued today that Bolton's new revelations prove what they've long said about the president. He thought Finland was part of Russia. He didn't know Britain had a nuclear bomb. Much of what he said was absolutely not true, according to Mr. Bolton. But they saved their greatest fury for Bolton himself. Thank you, John Bolton, for being the firefighter that shows up to the building that's already burned with a fire hose and saying, I'm here to help. Bolton initially refused to testify before House impeachment investigators, leaving his former subordinates to convey his thoughts for him. Rudy Giuliani was a hand grenade that was going to blow everyone up. John Bolton is no patriot here. California Democrat Adam Schiff led the House impeachment team. Do you plan to do anything with the information that Bolton sets out in this book? Uh, we certainly do intend to explore the allegations in the book, uh, what steps we take. Would you ever consider new impeachment charges? We'll certainly look into the, the merits of these allegations and in consultation with our leadership, uh, decide uh, what uh, steps may be warranted. Democrats reserved some of their ire today for Senate Republicans who had a chance to subpoena Bolton earlier this year, but voted against it. The few Republicans who weighed in today said that hearing Bolton testify would not have changed their positions, Nora, against impeaching the president. All right, Nancy Cordes, thank you. 
Just days before President Trump's campaign rally in Tulsa, the state of Oklahoma is reporting a record number of coronavirus infections. New cases are up more than 120 percent from two weeks ago. But that didn't stop Trump supporters from lining up today in 90-degree heat. Health officials fear the indoor arena will be a super spreader for COVID-19 because the crowd will not be required to wear face masks or social distance. Tonight, Arizona and Florida are also reporting major spikes in COVID cases. Tonight, here's CBS's Manny Bohorkas. The pressure to reopen is clear. Some people waited more than eight hours today in this line at a Frankfort, Kentucky unemployment center. For two weeks solid, I called every single day, every hour, on the hour. But the more some states reopen, the more hospitals are filling up. Tennessee saw a 30% jump in hospitalizations in one week. Texas set another record, with nearly 2,800 people now hospitalized, an 85% increase since Memorial Day. Florida's new cases include seven employees of one Jacksonville pub, which temporarily shut down. Erica Chris believes she and about a dozen of her friends caught the virus there. Social distancing, doing everything the right way, and then the first night we go out, Murphy's Law, I guess. In Texas, the debate is about mandating the wearing of masks. Since the governor won't enact a statewide order, Austin Mayor Steve Adler says cities like his will turn to businesses to require them. It's something that they want to do, something that they need to do, uh, something that's necessary to, to save lives. The CDC says 55% of coronavirus cases are among African Americans and Hispanics. The farming community of Immokalee, Florida, is becoming so hard hit. We found Doctors Without Borders volunteers there. Well, they're uh, considered essential workers, uh, so they have to continue working during the pandemic. And it's particularly difficult to isolate um, for this population, so that's also uh, very scary for them. Florida confirmed more than 2,600 new coronavirus cases today, meaning the state has added nearly 20% of its total coronavirus cases in the last week alone. Nora? Manny Bohorquez, thank you. We turn now to some breaking news. There's been a major development in the death of Kobe Bryant and eight others. Tonight, federal investigators revealed that that helicopter pilot told air traffic controllers he was climbing out of fog when he was actually descending into a hillside. Investigators say they have videos showing how thick the fog was, and they believe that the pilot became disoriented. We turn now to hot, dry weather fueling an outbreak of wildfires in California and the desert southwest. The largest active fire northeast of Phoenix, Arizona, has exploded to nearly 90,000 acres, forcing thousands from their homes. And it was an emotional day in court today as the California utility company PG&E heard from family members of the 84 people killed in a fire in the town of Paradise two years ago. Here's CBS's Jonathan Vigliotti. It was the most devastating fire in California history, and tonight... You murdered my dad. Outrage at those responsible as, one by one... pg &E took all this from me, all of it. The sons and daughters of 84 victims took aim at Pacific Gas and Electric. My dad covering my mom with his body. Ariel Funk's mother survived. Her father suffered third-degree burns. He died nine months later. PG&E admitted negligence for a faulty transmission line years overdue for repair that ignited the so-called campfire that leveled the town of Paradise. On Tuesday, the company CEO entered a plea. 
guilty, Your Honor. 84 times Bill Johnson mouthed guilty to involuntary manslaughter. Today, he listened to survivors. My father is dead. The utility's message to the community. We remain deeply, deeply sorry. Is an apology from PG&E enough here? Apologies completely hollow. Six Consumer watchdog Jamie Court uh, says PG&E still hasn't finished updating its aging grid, and California's fire season is already here. Or as so many expressed change. today in court. How many more have to die? Jonathan Vigliotti, CBS News, Los Angeles. An update now. Quaker Oats says it will drop its Aunt Jemima brand of syrup and pancakes, recognizing its name and image has its origins in racial stereotypes. The brand has existed for more than 130 years, and while the image of Aunt Jemima has been modernized over time, the company now says those changes weren't enough. Uncle Ben's parent company says that that rice brand will also be phased out. Today, Senate Republicans unveiled a police reform bill that would discourage but not ban tactics like chokeholds and no-knock warrants. Democrats have a competing version in the House. Now, the new plan comes a day after President Trump issued an executive order on police reform that critics say doesn't address larger concerns about racial bias in policing. In a new interview with CBS Saturday Night Live star Jay Farrow is speaking out about a recent violent run-in with Los Angeles police. Here's CBS's Michelle Miller. I don't have any run-ins with the law, you know? In April, that changed for comedian and former Saturday Night Live star Jay Farrow while he was jogging. All of a sudden, I hear, get on the ground. The cop from the left of me, he's just, he's coming. He's got his gun out. I don't know what's happening. Farrow told CBS This Morning co-host Gail King that Los Angeles police officer said he matched the description of a suspect. The officer comes. He gets on top of me, he puts his knee on me. This is before the George Floyd case. So right. in that moment, how did that feel and what were you thinking when he had his knee on your neck? I just thought, why? Now, I do not have eight minutes and 46 seconds of an officer being on top of me like that, obstructing my airway and choking me. I don't have that. Luckily, they pulled me up and I got out of it. But. It's like, why does it have to go to that extremity? Now he's speaking out about stop and frisk policies and what he calls a lack of civility toward black Americans. I just felt disgusting. People are driving past, looking at me like I'm an animal, I'm a criminal, I did something. Mm -hmm. And that's the big message. You can be innocent as a black person, not doing anything, totally unassuming. You're totally innocent and you can still get messed with. Michelle Miller, CBS News, New York. With Father's Day just around the corner, CBS's Errol Barnett introduces us to a dad who says he's out to shatter a stereotype. When Sean Williams moved to this mostly white area of Long Island, he says his neighbors would often compliment him for spending time with his own kids. And why does that bother you? You know, the stereotype is just not true. To get a compliment um, about sticking around for your child or being an active dad is just insane. Good job, Cam. Black fathers are more than just present. According to the CDC, black fathers who live with their kids bathe, dress, or diaper their children every day at higher rates than other groups. Now, this is my first time. So Williams is showcasing cool. this reality oh, with his organization called the Dad Gang. 
with the goal of bringing black fathers together, like this stroller squad sharing tips and advice. With a huge social media following, Williams also promotes heartwarming moments of fatherhood, from dancing to reunions and graduations. I hope it sticks in the minds of those who thought we were MIA. You got to get faster. That despite what the world says, despite the stereotypes that are out there, we are dad goals. Jumping into a modern image of black fatherhood. Errol Barnett, CBS News, Long Island, New York. We wish all the fathers out there a happy Father's Day. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, got a question? This dad's probably got the answer. And he's got 2 million subscribers to prove it. And if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. That is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in the nation's capital. And we wanted to leave you tonight with a picture of the Mother Emanuel AME Church in Charleston, South Carolina, as we remember the nine lives lost there five years ago today during Bible study. Their families are in our thoughts and prayers. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Download speeds up to one gigabit per second. Cox internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply.